Welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate. This is episode 13, and I'm Christopher Tanner, joined by my host, Charles Dill Pickle, the Dill Man, and Matthew McConaughey. How are you tonight, sirs? Not nearly as cool as Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they don't pay me to drive around in a Lincoln without my shirt on, but other than that, I'm doing all right. Awesome. Tonight, we have an amazing episode for you. We're going to cover quite a wide swath of topics. Is that how you say that? Swath? I don't know if that's how you say that or not. Swath, yeah. That's good. Essentially, what we're going to be doing is covering quite a bit of different material tonight. We're going to break up the show a little bit uh, than we usually do, and we're going to be covering a lot of different things. So, of course, this week, we're going to cover the reveals. We're also going to be covering a little bit about the GSP Jetta tournament <clears throat> and on top of that we are going to break down some ideas for helping your gameplay get from casual to I, I don't want to say professional but maybe a little bit more than just your average player <clears throat> With that semi-competitive said, <laughs> semi-competitive I, I don't even want to say competitive I just say like do you want to do more than just move your ships two meters on the board and think it's okay Right. So the idea is, is if you want to take your game up a little bit and move around the table in a different manner, we're going to talk about tips and tactics to do so. Matt also has a segment about what churns his dials, and it relates, ironically enough, to the GSP tournament that happened this weekend. And Matt's going to be able to give us a little bit of an intake and insight into why he hates running away. Now. I always say I like running away. Yeah, I like running away um, when it comes to a bull attacking me or somebody with a gun. Typically, I run away from those scenarios, but we'll get what Matt's saying tonight in a little bit. With that being said, hey, guys, how was your week going? Go ahead, Matt. I defer to Captain Matt first. (laughs) Sorry, the cat was bugging me. Uh, Good, uh, busy, like uh, most of my weeks have been recently, but uh, going really well. Uh, Got some new orders for furniture, so I always like selling stuff, so yay. Uh, Other than that, uh, just been busy. Awesome. How about you, Charles? Um, I got notification that my Lego sets finally shipped after a week, so I'm... (laughs) Super excited to get the uh, indent- the primary indentured servant in the Mandalorian Starfighter. Um, awesome. Got news that we're getting additional multiplayer content for Ghost of Tsushima, so I'm super stoked for that. Some two-on-two and leveling up so that you can get more powerful weapons, so I'm super stoked. Um, and the kid goes back to school next week, so our life gets to return to somewhat normal, so I'm all right. Good week, all in all. And behind you, do you have a table set up with an X-wing, X-wing on it? It looks like you got like this big mat on the table back there. No, that is puzzle. So I got bored waiting for my Legos to arrive and bought a puzzle uh, at Walmart that I am currently in the process of losing my mind and having a mild mental breakdown putting together. I had forgotten how much chaos puzzles were, so. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is, that's good. I, I, I had a pretty good weekend. We ended up going to the beach today. Um, I helped my mother-in-law get her <laughs> new cell phone. Essentially, she moved out of the phone that should have been dead 10 years ago. 
syndrome and and, sh- and we moved her into an older model for iPhone. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that'll work out for her. What we also did, though, and I'm going to switch screens here. Is we played a game of Epic. Can you believe it? We actually played a game of Epic on Friday. And here I'm going to bring on up a table? Uh, on a table. Yeah, let me see if I can bring up some pictures here. <clears throat> and I don't know if I can do that. I'll have to go back. Oh, it brings them up in the wrong screen. Super awesome, Chris. <laughs> anyway, but we have I'll I'll see if I can find some pictures. And what we could do is kind of talk through that here in a second. But essentially what I did is I created a and, and this is Charles. You're going to laugh at me because you probably know some of the rules that I don't know. But I got to use the new Trident class squid this weekend to play on a table. <clears throat> and essentially what I did is I got to put a Saj Ventress on my ship. That was amazing. Like Asajj has never been in in um separatist before. She's always like a scum scum and I think Right, she's a shadowcaster pilot. Yeah. And so like she doesn't show up at all for anything in separatist. But it was super nice to be able to put her um in a list and it was fun. Super fun. So I ran the Cl- the Kalaniakide, I don't know how you say that word, destroyer, but mine um the little ship guy then I ran four HMPs. Two of them were the sync laser cannon version, and two of them were essentially missiles. I ran Sam Wessel in the fire spray, and then I ran Grievous in a miscellaneous vulture droid. And I actually, I did. I chose to opt into thread tracers, uh, which didn't matter because I was had nobody to take locks on the ship that I wanted to shoot. <clears throat> so. That was fun, though. We played uh, the scenario we played, Charles, was um, what did we play? Oh, we played where you you have to get these shuttles on or off the board, right? And so what would happen is we would have a set of shuttles that John owned, and they had eight health each, and I think it was one agility. And so you have to shoot at them. And what happens is, at the end of the round, if the shuttles are still alive, you roll to put victory points on them. Now, what happens was if you killed it before at victory points, it was worth nothing to me. If John could not get those shuttles to leave <clears throat> until they get the three victory points. So essentially something has to sit there. And what came down to the very last, the very last round was I overarched my grievous and was not able to get a shot on the one, um, the one specific shuttle I needed to kill. And it already had two victory points <clears throat> on it. And then what happened was my shuttle got away. So it couldn't or not my, my stupid squid got away. And then what happened was I ended up having uh, one of John's ships and then being able to double tap Sam and kill it off. And I lost because John was able to get the shuttle off the board. So it was worth 75 points versus if he had not gotten that off the board and I killed it. I would have won by the 75 points, essentially, give or take. So I'm looking at that Asajj card for your crew. That would be stupid if it wasn't, uh, if it wasn't Epic only, if CIS had that crew card, that thing would be so broken. Oh yeah. Cause essentially it does require two, um, 
two crew, which only would be able to fit on. I think it would only be able to fit on the Sith Infiltrator because I think that's the only thing that has two crew slots in it. Maybe I'm looking at a different one because <clears throat> mine it requires the command slot and a crew slot. All right, so here I'll show you. <clears throat> Give me just a second. I'll bring it up on the screen. Maybe. So is if it's the one that I'm looking at, is during the system phase you may spend a force if you do each enemy ship in your forward firing arc at range zero one gains one strain token unless it chooses to gain a jam token. Yes. Uh, it also yeah. gives you the focus to purple coordinate abilities. You can take a focus and then spend your force to also coordinate should you choose to do so. Yes. And so, yep, you're, this yeah, takes a up a command, command spot. A yep, a command and a crew. Yep. So that has to be that has to be big ships, right? Isn't that the only the epic? <laughs> yeah. Ships yeah, it's it's epic play costs? only. It's gotcha. epic play only. Because gotcha. if that was a CIS card, yeah, holy Moses, awesome. <laughs> it is. I'll tell you that. what, my we're squid. just gonna slap that into Zam and call it fun. right. <laughs> right. So the other thing that I had on there was. Um, Oh, what did I have on there? I had her, and then, because you get the two actions, right, with it, there was another one I had right. where you could coordinate, and it's called Comsteam, coordinate, calculate, if you wanted, um, which I didn't use, okay. because um, it wasn't as effective <laughs> as the other one, but if I needed three mods, right, I would do use <laughs> that. Then you could use that. And then they also oh, had, I was that. able to shoot out my rear. And then I had these tracking torpedoes, which ended up forgetting to fire off two rounds in a row. And by the time I fired it, it was, it was too late. Too late. Sounds like a good time though. Sounds yeah, it was a fun time. Yep. And, um, essentially the way that, this worked is after you perform a tentacle attack, you can give somebody a tractor token. So it only went off once the whole game, but I was able to tractor his Jonas all the way up to me and actually get a range one shot back at him. And by the way, Matt, the way you know how it says bonus action, bonus action, you can take all those actions. There is literally zero limit to how many times your ship can wow. shoot if it has those conditions. So. Andy, yeah. and also crazy. Yeah, it was you fun. To, you have to go through fun. it with me. I've like never done epic, and I, it's it's always been fascinating to me. But at the same time, it's like I don't necessarily want to buy a hundred dollar ship. So yeah. Well, but, that's the so the beauty uh, of epic is you don't have to have an right. epic ship. Yeah. I'm gonna I do get have on the my epic soapbox a little bit because I love epic. Yeah. Right. Um. In 2.0, epic is shades and above better than what it was in 1.0 because of one right. thing. And that's the whole wing leader aspect where right. you dial in one maneuver and all of the ships perform that maneuver if available. It makes so the game you, flow a lot smoother. If you do... So if your wing leader is like, let's say Anakin Skywalker at I-6, does that mean the entire wing moves at 6? Yes. 
Yes. How cool is that? See, like these yeah. are the things. Like I've just never played it in in person to know like some of these some of these rules. So I'm happy that Chris was able to play some because now I'm I'm gonna able to pick his brain and kind of see how it's played. Like that's that's always the thing. Like we've always had those questions. Like can we shoot this many times? It seems like we should <laughs> be able to, but it also seems like we might be cheating. Like. I don't know. It's like Hold these, on, like, 100%. weird, like, I guess if we both do the same things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so, so Matt, here's the, the other thing, too, that, this, so, here's the example, and I guess we, we'll do an, we, we gotta do an epic show. We're gonna add this as a, it's gonna be a show we gotta plan. Yep. Um, uh, now that i played it, I think I can, we can go through it. So, he had Vader as elite squad leader, and with five flanking TIE ones, or TIE fighters, right? right? Mm-hmm. And when Vader barrel roll, they all got a free barrel roll. So mm-hmm. Vader spends the action to barrel roll his team. They could still all take focuses because everybody barrel rolls with Vader. Oh, if Vader had afterburners, he would do an afterburner charge and everybody gets it. Everybody. Uh, okay. Regardless yep. of it, the ship actually has the ability. Then they get yep. their other. So as a Vader, as a strength, Vader can always take his multiple actions anyways because he's Vader. So basically his entire wing could could do it. I have uh, very big things. Yeah, is and uh, Psych <laughs> J is asking, he says that setup time is a lot higher. Is that because it's like yes. two mats? You have two yep, mats. It's a six by three play area. Yep. Gotcha. And there you have to set up for the scenario. So you have your scenario set up, plus all your Got assembly it. of your ships. And you have you lay six obstacles, so um, everybody brings more obstacles uh, yeah, sure. than you normally do. So we each bring six. So you have to set all your obstacles up. Um, yeah, the sure. other part of the setup is so this is where I screwed up. I didn't. Ha- I had two points left over for a wing leader, and I didn't use them. I could have put my HMPs in a wing leader set, and what would have happened is they would have rotated and just moved all around. Also, by the way. Did not know this. You can have more than eight ships total. So I built my squad thinking you could only have eight ships. And here comes John in with 10. And I was like, damn it. Because like I would have taken a droid swarm with my thing, but I didn't want to waste all my points. You could could only take eight. Oh, man. What's the limit on Epic? There isn't a limit on Epic as far as my knowledge goes. Because there's there's no Epic tournament play where we need to have that cap to fit into a certain time limit to keep it moving. Epic is a scenario-based kind of a storyteller idea in comparison Mm -hmm. to like a PvP type. So think of it kind of like, and I hate to bring this game up and I apologize, but think of it like World of Warcraft. When you played like a PvP, normally it was 10 on 10 and you had that cap. You never saw more than 10 people on either side when you went into like Warsaw Gulch. Um, but out in the world, when you're doing the story-driven missions and stuff, there was nothing to stop a hundred horde people from transversing onto one alliance guy and just decimating him. There's nothing to stop <laughs> that. In in the story-driven version of of Epic, there is no no cap except for your point limit. Um, gotcha. In 1.0, before we got the Sea Rock as a uh, the Sea Rock cruiser um, as a scum faction. When it came time to play Epic, it was just, okay, I'm going mm-hmm. to dump every single ship that I own into a 500-point list, and right. we'll bring everything. So you had Shadowcasters and Fire Sprays and 
any you know right. uh every ig pilots you had the robots you had any ship and every ship that you could possibly cram in right. and then we got the sea rock and it really didn't change anything because you still kind of cram everything in because it's not very it's not an effective ship it's not like the the carillion corvette or the uh the right. Star Destroyer, the uh, was it the Victory Class or Viceroy Class Star Destroyer the but Empire got? Can't be Victory Class. Victory Class is a big ship. What are you talking about? Did you talk about the Dauntless Class? Is it Dauntless? Is that what it is? The Dauntless? Well, no, it's it's not. I don't think it is. What's that's, the what's the in, one that Armada? It's the it's the um, Raider Corvette is what Raider. Empire has. Yeah, it's a Raider. Yeah, I think it might be a Viceroy Raider. Class. Okay. Yeah, it's gotcha. a smaller one. I it's the, the ones that you always see. Get... Star Destroyer. So. Yeah, they, they're not Star Destroyers. That would be cool. Don't get me wrong. It's the one from. Uh, it's actually in. Uh, what is it? It's it's in one of it's the games, squadrons. Actually. Yeah, squadrons. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> and it's also in the one of the other one too. It's the one. Uh, the one with. Uh, what's her name? It was in Battlefront. Was that the name of it? Yeah, Battlefront. Now Battlefront I will too. say I would not recommend um, playing Epic for newer players. Um, who have not spent a lot of time with triggers? I had, I mean, there is millions of triggers, and John's Raider is an example of that. That Raider is awesome. Holy crap! That thing can double calculate. It can use its calculates to extend the distance of its missile shots. It's crazy, just crazy what it can do. John was able to get off, um, like protons on me at like range four. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Oh. Bye-bye, HMP. It didn't die, but it almost died. Gotcha. <clears throat> so is that, yeah, it's interesting. We're going to have to go over that sometime. It sounds fascinating. So, Yeah. So we will we're, we will do something. We'll have to figure out how we're going to do it. But we will do something, I think, where we um, will do like an epic um, online epic thing or something like that. Sounds it's just going to be a weird, it'll be like a weird mix. I don't know. <clears throat> Well, with that being said, why don't we get into um, the new release stuff, right? Let's do that. Sounds good to me. Now, I don't know. Have have you both had a chance to see the the newer cards by chance? I have. No. All right. So I'll bring them up here. I'm supremely interested in one more than any other. Just <clears throat> me personally, but that's just because it affects the uh, the faction that I play. Which, by the way, you guys will be happy to know. Um, I spent some time this weekend trying to fly a Republic list. Uh, it did not go well in any game that I played. Uh, I played Chris, I played John, I played a couple of randos. All of them ended in utter failure. Um, but I am trying things that are outside of my scummy scum scum. Yeah. What? I like Republic, though. I'll be honest. I I think Republic is probably my second favorite faction. Um, besides, I don't know. FO. I like it right now. I like it better than FO. But I bet FO is going to take over once the new stuff comes out. Speaking of FO, the first card that we're going to talk about tonight is a first order gunner DT seven nine eight. And essentially, at the it's the card says this: at the start of engagement phase, you may choose a friendly ship in your firing arc. If you do, that ship gains one strain. <clears throat> Second part of the card. While you perform an attack, you may re-roll up to one die for each ship in the attack arc with one or more non-lock red or orange tokens. Now, think about this on Malaris. Or, can you turn Gideon into Malaris? 
You mean you're talking about Malaris in the FO? No, Malaris in the, the uh, Z shuttle. The Z, Z shuttle. Yep. Does that have a gunner slot? No. Is a gunner? I don't know. Let's look, let's look it up. Let's look it up. Say, let's I think take a only the SFs. Maybe I'm wrong. SFs. Yep, I think this you're right. Is probably, it doesn't have a gunner slot. Yeah. So it's probably only for the new release of the bomber. Would be my guess is it's going to have a gunner slot. And then I believe the SF has a gunner slot. So honestly. What are you guys' thoughts of this on the SF? <clears throat> um, I think you can do... You can now run Gideon, and you can run SFs, right? Because Gideon's cheaper than Malaris. Malaris is the one that hands out all the strains. This way, you can use it just for a few select ships, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could. So I think yeah, you could do like a hybrid so swarm. We're branching into my topic later in the show, but since we're talking about it now, there's no reason we can't kind of weave it into this discussion. Um, but also putting Sloan on things and running this uh, in Sloan a, would be a... Empire. This is a first order only upgrade, sir. Oh, is it FO only? Yeah, it it's is. an FO only. You are not getting oh, well, in scum, unfortunately. Sorry, sorry. Well, sorry I didn't want it in scum, but I was <laughs> looking at you know Sloan being able to pass out red tokens left and right like that, right. having a ship that had this gunner on it that got rerolls for red tokens that were non lock. Like that'd be ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. Sloan is an imperial only, so disregard. Well, yeah. like Chris was saying though, but you could also pair it with some S, uh, the high uh, scent silencer, the silencers. Yep. Uh, that would also be kind of a nice one because you're going to be picking up stress often with those. And really, how many rerolls do you need? Uh, especially when it just says in your firing arc. And if you're running an SF with uh, one forward, one backward, you got two arcs anyways. Uh, you know, I mean, you got a, quite a bit of spots there where you can be throwing and, and rolling those uh, some of those different things. Yeah, and I I, I do. And the I other like thing this. that it doesn't specify. Oh. I say I like this because you're good. Go ahead. It, I like it because essentially what it's doing is it's giving you some of the similar options. Plus, if you think about it, if you take hollow, you're passing off something. If you take, you know, um, Von Reg, you could have Von Reg as well. <clears throat> There's just all sorts of things. You're, you're getting a Boba-esque reroll, but it, at the negative cost rate at your is. ships, you know. But that's the thing, though, is it's not necessarily, and that's so Boba is enemy ships at range one. When you look at DT seven nine eight, it's missing one <clears throat> separator, and that's that it's for each ship in the attack arc with one or more non lock red tokens. So that's uh -huh. your own ships plus yep. that's that's friendly and opposing. Right. So exactly. you start putting a stress bot on there mm -hmm. and running it with a stress bot that can throw them out on your opponent. Or flying your ships and doing K-turns and sloops and talon rolls to stress yourself into that arc to give you re-rolls. You've got, you've got basically a full arc target lock without having to waste your time taking that action. Because as long as there's ships in your arc that have some sort of a red or orange token... Right, so that's jam, that's weapons disabled, that's... Um, oh, oh, is it orange too? Yep, yeah. it's red or orange tokens. Okay, yeah. So jam, well, weapons you have, disabled, yeah. strain, deplete, stress. <gasps> uh, Angel's like whispers are going to have jam bots, at least one of them. Oh my God, can you imagine? Yep. Oh, all yeah. of those. Yeah, because you can pass those out, and then as long mm -hmm. as they're on the board, 
I get re-rolls. So. Well, and then there's also, too, the odd, uh, like, you might want to think about Muse and some of these lists where you can actually use some of that to actually de delete some of that stress or to um, work with some of that stress, too. Uh, there's going to be some options, and I don't know what stress and crit box you're talking about or the, the stress bots, but um, I'm sure it's probably one of the newer items that I probably missed. But, yeah, I'm curious about these lists, and there's probably going to be quite a bit that they can do. Yeah. This, I like this right here. This is... I I personally, unless they price this card at like 10 or 12 points, I think this card is, my guess is it's going to be 3 to 5, and my guess is this is going to have to take an errata, or they're going to have to up the points, but to begin with, I think this is a great, great card. I can't wait to use I think it. I it pairs well with uh, like Quick Draw. Uh, well, I it's think a Quick Draw too. is good for the bonus attack. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with the rerolls. Yeah, passives. Passive yep. rerolls. On quick draw, seems good. Also, this it the the downside of this card is a may, so I don't know. I'd be surprised if it's less than five points. Yeah, I would too, but we'll see. The next card we got was Breach in the Tie Bomber, and essentially what he does is after you fully execute or perform a boost action, if you moved through an enemy ship, you may acquire a lock on that ship. Also, during the system phase, this is its pursuit thrusters, you get to perform a boost action. So if you you're you can perform your white boost action, boost through your opponent, and then 4K back, and you've already got a target lock, you don't have to worry about any of those other things, right? <clears throat> I mean, if you're able to actually boost over boost through it, it's yes. I would say boosting over um or through, but through might be a little bit easier, especially if you're doing your banks. You're not boosting straight over any ship. I mean, you don't have to boost. boost. You can perform if you fully execute a maneuver. So if you right. pull but a K turn or Allen or a sloop, right? Yeah, that's no. true too. Yeah, and but what Chris is talking about is like during the system phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, if you do it during the system phase, you can do it, and then you have, of course have your action later on. It's interesting. Yeah, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah. Also, it says I if you look at it, it says with you. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, it's not that it's not good. I think it's a fun ability. I'm not saying that it's a bad ability. I'm just saying that for one ship on your squad to be able to get a free target lock, um, I don't see this being competitive. I see it being very fun. I see you building a list to have fun flying through your opponent's ships and messing with things. Do I see this singular ship bringing FO into a crazy new level of competitive play? No. It looks like a fun ship, but I don't think that it's going to be game-breaking. That's just my, that's my hot take. Sorry. Mm, there you go. All right, let's go on to the next one. Scorch. We've seen Scorch before. <laughs> Scorch is that new. Their, the their, uh, their texts say, while a friendly ship at range 0 to 1 performs a primary attack, it may spend one hit result. If it does, after defending, the defender gains one strain. Hmm. So, Seems to pair well with our aforementioned gunner. Yeah, so this works well with the gunner, right? Um... 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know because you couldn't put the gunner on this ship and have it be valid. Yeah. It's just not gonna. Well, can, it, it wouldn't work because you're already. Can you shooting. put the gunner on this ship, Chris? Is that a gun? Is there a gunner slot on that ship? I'm sorry. I think the bomber uh, does have so, a gunner yes. slot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Well, these are these aren't the bomber, or they are the tie bomber. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yes, this is does. the tie. Yeah, it would make sense that it does. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the benefit here is that you can shoot at somebody, which would normally remove the strain token. Um, and spending a hit result to leave the strain token on that ship, so the next shot also is less one die. Um, I think that's powerful just to kind of shoot through the strain instead of shooting to remove the strain. Uh, it makes a ship doubly vulnerable. We see how po how powerful um, Wedge can be in both the A-Wing and the X-Wing, um, especially in recent times, uh, Joy Rekov being able to remove a uh, an evade die. Um against an attack but only being able to do it one time this allows you to do it multiple times uh for a, for other ships that are shooting as well whereas wedge you only right. get it for your shot uh More so on the other i other think this there. is i think this is good at an i4 i don't know how much i'll i'll see it uh but i'm hoping it's i'm hoping it's good yeah i'm well, gonna i'm gonna vote the yeah say i'm gonna vote no on this one personally you're right. not wrong there chris i4 meta Oh, okay. Wait a second here. This is this is okay. This is I I didn't quite read this. This is maybe a little bit better than, but it, it is only primary attacks. Uh, but it is all friendly ships, which is handy. So, I guess it's it. I as you were saying last time with the um, with the last one, I would say that this is actually to me seems more like a fun setup than the last one. The other one I I actually felt had a little bit more uh, more actual. Value, value as it comes to attacks but this right here uh i think it's just more of a fun i mean i i get what you're saying about wedge yeah wedge is awesome uh and it'd be nice to be able to do that but you basically have to be in pretty tight formation yep. yeah i mean you run an fo focho and take out a couple to put the bomber in and then you've got six five or six shots that are all i'll just spend one to keep you down one die and if i'm shooting it say bosk yeah, but it's definitely worth me spending a nice. hit to keep zero dice because Bosk only gets one. So, but but still though, you're you're shooting two attack dice and using presumably one solid hit to remove a, a die. Uh, you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah, know. It's, it's like it's going to be it's going to be more of one of those where it's got two attack dice, right? It's going to be one of those you roll hit blank or hit focus and you don't want to spend your focus or don't have a focus or a target lock. And you're like, screw with this. I'm just going to, I'm going to spend it because it's going to benefit everybody else. Right. <clears throat> I get that's, you. that's where this yep. would work, you know, mm -hmm. but yes, given the, with that gunner slot, this can replace Malaris now to some extent, right? We've got similar hit points. I don't know the cost of any of them, but you have something that can now drop bombs. That's not Malaris, right? <laughs> You know, you're between this right. and that gunner. You can just add all these different rerolls. It's there's there's quite a few things I think that can be done with this, um, on it. But we'll see. You never know. I also the like that one, it didn't have to have the strain token up front. You could target <clears throat> an I six ship that didn't get a strain going through a cloud and give it a strain. Yep, that's true. Yep, that is very true. All right, the next one is. Overtuned modulators. Charles, yeah. if you want to read this one, because this, this is your favorite card. I <laughs> definitely do. 
Uh, this is the one that I am looking forward to most. Um, so, Overtune Modulators, it is an illicit slot, which means most every scum ship gets it. Most, uh, I think there's some CIS ships that have an illicit slot, and some of the uh, Resistance ships yep. also have illicit slots. Uh, so, during your system phase, if you are not stressed, you may spend the charge on this card. It is not reoccurring. Uh, to gain three Calculate Tokens. During the end phase... If your charge is inactive, uh, for each green token you remove, gain one strain. So, really not a whole lot of downside because it happens during the end phase. So, do a blue, clear one. Make sure you spend three. Um, either whether it's double shots or whatever the case may be. Um, but it allows you to give yourself three calculates uh, during the system phase. So you can still take your focus, you can still take your target lock, you can still boost, you can still barrel roll, you can still do all of that wonderful stuff. Um, you can still use Cutthroat to recharge this. You can still use Jabba to recharge this. Scum has any number of ways of putting the charge back on this ship. Uh, so you can use this multiple times. With Jabba, that's four uses. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Five, five <laughs> uses, five uses in a game to be able to have triple calculates. Can you imagine a big base ship that doesn't have to spend its action to get dice modifications? Yeah. All right. Especially so, uh, fire spray. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. How about this now? Now think about this in CIS, right? I'm going to spend it. To. I get the three calculates. Guess what card I could take? I could take, oh, Kraken, Tactical Remote, or whatever they call it, Tactical Upgrade. And oh, by the way, mm -hmm. I can keep I can keep the green tokens, right? If I don't use them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but you're going to get a strain <laughs> token at the end of every turn that you have it out. No. Yeah, you do. No. Are you shaking your head? No. It says because <laughs> you green only token gain the strain removed. if you remove a oh, green token. Gotcha, so gotcha, if you have gotcha. a card like, say, Paylob or something, or Moldy Crow, yep. that allows you to hold on to your tokens, right. Moldy Crow is focused, but just in general, if you have a card, um, oh, what is it? what's the crew? Uh, spend two charges and you're able to hold on to a token. Gamut um, Key. Yeah, Gamut Key. Spending anything like that that allows you to hold the token so you're not removing it, it doesn't trigger yeah. this card. This card is only triggered when you remove the, the yep. token. Oh, I, see I see it now, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I missed that word. So with Kraken, and this is going to be easy, crazy. Easy. Sorry. Uh, how, is it, how easy is it to spend three calculates, though, in a turn, Chris? Uh, if it's on a ship that has network calculate, they'll all go. That's the other <laughs> side to this. If they're not but, on a ship that has network calculate, it's not going to go very well. Right. Now, well, how so, many do the droids oh, allow illicit slots? No, the droids. Don't, no, 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 no. They don't have illicit. No, this slots. doesn't even see it. If, if, it, not, did, this, if it did, yeah. we're. I'm crazy. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no way, Matt. You would. You hate droids as it is. You would be like. You'd be like Chris, you're, yeah. ne you're yeah. never gonna play CIS again. Never play again. them again. Yes. No. I mean, you can. You're just not against me. You know. So I will or, say this: in in 1.0, we had an upgrade that was called Glitter Stim. Glitter Stim mm -hmm. allowed you to spend it to get a stress, and then all of your dice that rolled focuses became hits or evades. Yep. This has a similar effect minus taking the stress. 
I now have three calculates that I can spend at will. So now I fly my ship that has this into your A-Wing swarm, into your droid swarm, into your TIE swarm, into your M3A swarm, into whatever swarm. And now I have three defensive mods against your eight shots. Am I going to spend all three? Probably. Oh, no. Think about it this way. V95s exist, for instance. That's true. But think about it this way. Guess what Zam can do? You put Zam, and then you get like Grievous or somebody else with a tactical relay of Kraken. Zam now can focus and three calculates, target lock three calculates, and guess what? Yeah. As long as you're close enough, you don't have to get rid of the tar- or the, the calculates. Period. You well, can hold you those can, returns. Yeah. Well, on you end. can run a, a very large number of like Z95s or the Kiraks, I'm sure, also. There's multiple options, and if you can run this with it, you can always take your lock so you can have ordnance ready to go and have your calculate. So you're going to be running double-modded shots. Yeah. The I, other I, thing that I see, and this is just me personally, I have been re, re-establishing my love with robots, uh, re-establishing my love for the IGs. Um, they don't get enough play. They're not super competitive, but they are a lot of fun. Um, there is an IG pilot that allows them to share and pass calculates amongst them so if you run one defensive with this on it and one offensive you can pass those tokens from one ig to the other um or if you're running a ship that's not an ig with the ig crew and you run that ig that has the token passing capability this opens up your ability to pass those calculates to ships that are not igs but have the IG, so like Bosk or Dengar or any ship that's got a crew slot, any any fire spray that's not Boba that has yeah. that crew slot that can have the IG on it, psh, whatever. We'll just pass those calculates around and do what we need to do. There is a lot of application for you to dump these calculate tokens to other ships so you have a plethora of modifications that at the end phase you have no negative effect for. Yeah. Because kind of what kind of jumps into my brain is is like having like a, an anchor, like a Zam style anchor for one of these almost with the uh, with the um, what would you call it? Like it it really wouldn't matter. Like you could run Koshka Frost, Eamon, um any fire spray that has a crew, any fire spray, right? <laughs> Where you can like have you know Job of the Hut on it, and then you can just run like a little mini swarm with it. I, yeah, Jabba's only going to... There gonna are hurt. some real powerful options coming up with that. I want to say YV be, is the make... only Jabba carrier. Yeah. Is he double crew? Oh, he's, no. double crew. he's double so crew. So YV oh, is the only the only Jabba carrier no, at the he's moment. Scum, scum Falcon, bro. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Scum Falcon. You are correct. Oh, Scum Falcon oh. with this. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's let's move on to the next card. I, I Sorry, sorry, we, sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're excited. I'm kind of excited, too. Matt, to answer your question, the only thing with an illicit slot is Zam. It is the fire spray. Zam does have an illicit so slot. You know. That's cool. Yeah. So that's that's I mean, the only uh, one though. Yet another reason to run Zam. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you just made Django even more viable. Or Boba Fett. Now now my fire now my non viable ones are viable. One hundred percent. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a powerful ship. Ugh. It's a powerful card. It's a powerful thing. Yeah. And you can run so, relays then, presumably, with that. Yeah, you would you would run a relay in a different ship, and then you would run this illicit on your your fire spray, yeah. and your yeah, you, you your fires your fire spray can run stealth device. Oh my god, 
There you go, Charles. Remember when I ran those stealth devices against you? You hated that. So stealth device <laughs> oh and stealth this device stupid overturn module. Oh, you don't have to spend your focus. It's, this is going to be like a shock T of this will be like the shock T of of freaking separatists. This is can you pick this is any not gonna go three? Well. Can you pick any three calculates with Kraken, Chris, or does yes. it have to be on three different ships? Nope, any three. Oh, handy. <laughs> just to just, just to put this you have out to there, hit a certain range, and they have to mm -hmm. be on the board. So just to to throw this out there, you also have resistance faction fireballs and <laughs> falcons. I know. So okay. now you run triple triple force ray. Can also take this and have triple calculate, so she doesn't even have to spend the force unless she needs to on offense. Andy, oh, so many practical applications. Yeah. I'm excited for this card. Many Sorry, right. many many uh, points. Oh yeah, I I venture this will probably be a six point plus. I don't right. think we'll see it above eight. Otherwise, it won't right. see any play at all. But I would right. venture five or six for this easy. All right. So right. you said yeah. five or six, Matt's. What's yours? What's your yeah, over under? Right. I mean that that's that sounds about right. Five <clears throat> points would be my would be my medium. I, I would I'm say gonna somewhere say one near three. five points. Really? I'm saying one really? to three. Yeah. All right. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm mm. hopeful. Well, contraband cybernetics. Let's let's put it that way. Contraband cybernetics is three points. Yeah. So that allows you to take one action while stressed. It's a very powerful card. Well, it allows Fair you to enough. do red maneuvers and take an action while stressed. <clears throat> well, anything. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the next card that we have is a resistance bomber called Olega Fasang, right? Which she says, or they say, is while you perform a primary or a cannon attack, you may reroll one die for each friendly device or calculating friendly ship in your attack arc. Mild correction. Uh, turret. Not cannon. Sorry, yeah. turret. Did I say cannon? Did I really do you that? Did. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> it looks like a cannon, so that's probably why I said that. Mm -hmm. The first thing in my mind. Sure, sure. Anyway, <clears throat> yay or nay on this one? What do you think the interactions are? That type yeah. of thing. Ion cannon turret. All um, right. Unless we get some, unless we get some new turrets, which is possible with the with the resistance Y wing. Because um, it's a ship we haven't had before, so there may be some things in there that we've not seen yet. Um, what other turret <laughs> options do we have? Yeah, but Let's... calculating friendly ship, though. Calculating friendly ship. Uh, I don't know. Uh, to me, there's not tons of resistance ships that calculate, right? Uh, there is now, because after you perform any sort of action with intuitive interface on your talent, illicit, or... Um, I don't know, whatever that slot is with the two X's. Upgrade. Um, you may uh, that's just your upgrade slot. Yep. You may perform a calculate action. <clears throat> so you all oh, you have to do is yeah. overwrite any of these. You can put targeting computer, boom. There you go. Now you now you get a free calculate. I okay, do a target okay, lock cool, white. Cool. And I get a free white calculate. It's awesome. white linked action. Very, very handy. Well that's good though, too. That does add that adds a lot of oomph to these little bad boys. That's really good. I like that. I like that option. That's that's really cool. Yes, exactly. I I think I think oh. she's okay. I'm not like super into this ship. I think it's good, right? You may reroll one attack die for each friendly device or calculating friendly ship. If you run a bunch of Y wings, or you run somebody like a Rose Tico, 
or something like that. Like I see this as a benefit. You know, it, it, this would be better in yeah. um, CIS. <coughs> You're right, Psych. Uh, that does sound good. You know, Chris, but, that Star hmm. Fortress that nobody ever seems to play. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Put this. <laughs> that is true, right? That is true. I don't know, because yeah, it, it, in Scum, this would be really good because. You have Captain Nim, right? You can do this, but you also have delayed fuses. So what they're trying to do is bring this delayed fuse thing back, right? And I've played with delayed Maybe. fuses yeah. in CIS. Like, I've used them with my tubs, the ones that can shoot the bomb out the front or the device out the front. You can drop a proxy and delay fuse it and fly through it right off your rock. It won't go off to the next turn. And if you do it properly, you can jam somebody up. And then immediately they have to hit it the next turn to some extent, right? So there's all sorts of it's crazy like things you can the, do. It's like Jay in the chat bringing up C3P rows and BB8 pods yeah. uh, would oh, be yeah. good, uh, good Very companions good. to this. And uh, real quick, just wanted to just make sure that we were, because we are doing some rule stuff. Uh, next time that device would go off, Chris is saying, if you fly over it, it immediately unfuses on the proximity mine. So if somebody comes through right behind you, boom, they blow up. So you don't have to wait till next turn. Just, yep. just yes. But like on a, on a bomb, like he's what he's saying, where it would go off, boom, that takes the fuse away. And it is a little confusing. I just wanted to make sure people were there. Yep. And, yes. and NIM works Sorry. the same way, but that's scum, not resistance. So you'll never see that pairing. Right. No, you won't. Interesting. No, you won't see it's the CIS either. I mean, it's going to make, like like Charles said, I think an ion cannon on this would be, um, ion cannon turret, sorry, would be um, very nice. And actually, there's no reason you couldn't run other kinds of cannons, too. Nope, you can't. That wouldn't work with this, but still. But here's the ion other benefit to this, be nice. especially with the turret attack, <laughs> is you could have that pointed out your rear arc. Mm -hmm. So you're dropping bombs, and then all of your bombs are within your arc because you're pointed out that rear is you're flying away from them. So now you have rerolls for days, especially if you're dropping thermals mm. or you would um, have to fuse them, Charles. So hold on, though. Yeah, I mean, but you could you could thermal and then fuse one of your thermals. You could if you had multiple yeah. bombers in it, a list. Um, hold on, but you would have to shoot out the back. It does say friendly ship in the attack arc. Sorry, let me go back to it on the screen. Right. Yeah, it says it the attack arc. The attack arc. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so if you were attacking out your front and not your rear tour turret, it would not work. Yeah, that's that right, that's what I'm saying. Like if you had an ion cannon turret pointed out the yes. back, oh absolutely, then you could yeah. shoot your ion cannon through the bombs you just laid. Yep. Right. So yes. especially if you knew okay, people yes. were coming right. and following. So question: yeah, for This you is guys. like kind of ultimate area denial. And this is one that I don't know. So this is an honest. I can't tell you you're right. I can't tell you you're wrong. It's just an honest question. If you drop a cluster mine yeah. out of the field, that is three separate templates that formulate the cluster mine. Ooh. Does that count as three separate devices that you would be shooting through, or is it one singular know. device? Because you're dropping sure three separate points. bombs that each go off individually. They each yeah. trigger. So if you do a one forward yeah. and you only hit the first one, the yeah. other two don't go off in sequence. They only go off when you fly through them. So do their That's individualities true. cause this to give you three rerolls as long as you're shooting through? Okay, so hold on. I can yeah. answer that question. Hold on. Oh, this is please. what the cluster mine token card says. A cluster okay. mine set consists of three individual cluster mine devices. 
So you the Fantastic. answer to your question so is yes, plus Charles. Plus or minus three rerolls. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to see like those mines. I'm excited. Yes. And you don't have to fuse yeah, they, those because they're mines. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And they lowered the points on them recently, too, which is good because uh, they were a little high. So I like them a the tiny bit lower. I think that we actually might start seeing some play with them. Oof. I like Oof. cluster mines. I recently <laughs> started messing around with uh, Connor You're Nets. Too excited, Connor Nets Chris. are fun. <laughs> yeah, I like Connor Nets, too, actually. I, I agree with you on that. I think Connor Nets should be a lot more prevalent. I wish they had two charges, though. That's my one gripe about Connor Give me yeah, two I charges. Agree. I don't care if you double the points. Give me double points and give me two charges. Because Connor Nets, you have to be so precise. If you F up, <laughs> it's done right. and over with. It's, it's there. Especially with that weird shape as well. Mm. Yes. It's a different shape than anything else we've ever dealt with. Though in the new pack, there is this new cloud thing that we don't know what it is. So I'm guessing it's a new bomb, but I could be wrong. Nobody else seems to I'll think that. Me. I think it's a new bomb, though. Well, there would also look like there was a new like debris canister almost kind of thing too. I think oh, that's like a, a new bomb canister. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it looks like something like it. It's not like a spare parts canister, obviously, because it's a little different shape. So it is it is not that, but it it, it is reminiscent of something like that. So it yeah, could be a bomb. Chris is right. Not be recovered. Yeah. Yeah, you can't Ooh. recover counternets either. You have yep. no reloading counternets. No. I agree. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, I would agree that maybe so that would be a of, benefit. Lots of good stuff for resistance at FO coming out. Uh, as a scum player, I'm salty. As a lover of X-Wing in general, I'm excited to be able to see some of the way this works and see how some of these pan out. Um, I hope to see some of them competitively. I hope to see some of them just playing randoms and see how people whose minds work differently than mine can pair these with like, cause again, we, we live in a time where people are using Amel and Holdo to put, <laughs> to put stealth or uh, cloaking devices on Ray. Maybe there's combos out there that I'm not seeing that will well, allow hey, you, these to throw them around. So you already talked about that illicit too. And that illicit is a big thank you to the to the scum community. That right there is going to be very, very, very big. Yep. <clears throat> the only problem oh, is right. I have to buy a ship that I'll never fly in order to get <laughs> in order to no. get it. Well, think about um, this way. That's what Matt did. Matt actually did that, Charles. Matt did that with Zam. Matt doesn't fly Sapperdis, bought it for Zam crew. And then, oh, by the way, the next squadron pack that they released had Zam crew in it. <laughs> He didn't even need the fire spray in the damn cards. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, as Oops, a, right, a 1.0 player, I have bought so many stupid A-wings <laughs> and other ships to get the upgrade cards that I needed for a squad that I run under run that, like, having to buy a ship to get something. Uh, the only thing I'm upset about is, depending on if this comes, I think this is in the Resistance, that's a two-ship pack. Yeah. So it it's not going to be cheap to get this upgrade Unless you have a friend who is a resistance player that maybe would be willing to part with that upgrade in order to get uh, their Y wings. So if you're a resistance player who has oh, yeah. no interest in this illicit, please hit me up. I'll be more than happy to work out a deal with you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you well, what, I'll also for twenty five bucks, Charles. Twenty five nice. bucks. <laughs> I'll just buy the ships. Thanks. It'll be forty dollars. It'll save you fifteen. 
I'll ship it yeah. for free too. How about that? No, it's oh, it well, you're ships? such a you benevolent so guys. It is. It's is it two, two Y wings. Two Y wings. It'll be thirty bucks. Is what it's likely to be. Mm. I'm I'm wagering fifty. I would venture forty. 40 sorry. I'd venture forty. Thirty nine ninety nine. Usually, two a small base ship is twenty bucks. So it's not yep, going to be so more than forty. No, no, no. I don't see it being more than forty, but I don't see it being less than thirty five at max. All right, so if it's know. thirty, Charles, I'll I'll charge you twenty bucks, and you get free shipping, and you can have that card. <laughs> Thank well, you so I would much be surprised if they don't start with like sire. some. Uh, <laughs> I'd be surprised <laughs> if we don't start seeing some like card packs come out soon. I don't know. Some of these we will see. Some of these. <clears throat> I mean, because that that card, if there's only one or two of them, like the most sets have been. How are you supposed? You're gonna have to what? How many of those you're gonna have to buy? And if it's Charles, for instance, how many is he gonna have to buy? And he doesn't even play those factions. That's so many ships. So many ships. To be fair, what I would do if I did that, right? Um, I would probably donate the ships themselves um, as prize support or something of that nature. Because I don't need the ships. I just need the upgrade cards. Um, or maybe this will return the the previously uh, eBay community of people who buy multiples of ships to be able to paint them and have no need for the cards whatsoever. They just buy the ships to strip them and paint them for their own custom needs, sure. and they sell play sets of them. You know, a set of four for ten, fifteen bucks. Maybe that'll maybe we'll return to that. I don't know. You know, because there's a lot of people out there who bought the Carillion Corvette just to get three PO, and then a month and a half after it came out, it was a prize support card, right? For for organized play. So yeah, I wouldn't count my chickens on organized play, though. <clears throat> if it were me personally, so we'll see. They got they got two more months until we hit third quarter or fourth quarter. Yeah, they said there'd be local in-store stuff by then. If we don't start seeing that stuff, I'm telling you what, I'm not ex- not not ecstatic for that. But that's I think a different conversation. Yeah, that's a different conversation that I don't think we all agree on. So, right. Well, I'm wondering if maybe there there's maybe some pressure on that, honestly, to not do that. Well, I'm hoping that's the case, but it would just be awesome if you were if your AMG just go, hey guys, we can't do this right now, and here's why: because we're not going back right. into lockdown. Okay, right. fine. Right? I don't right. Yeah. I don't care. And, and yeah. when I start seeing my concert shut down, then I'll know for a fact that that's true. But until right. then, they just they they literally could be communicating so much better. I mean, the the LSO ran on its yeah. own LP, right? And, and and to be honest with you, to be perfectly frank, FFG or AMG would be better to literally just name like a community team that is volunteer only unpaid, but you get to promote yeah. your crap for free to run these type of things right. and set up right. <clears throat> these events. And then you could coordinate with each country. It would yeah. be the overhead on that would be minimal. You could do still do all the prize support and that's all you have to worry about. But right. uh, again, I'll be honest, AMG style of, of competitive play is nil. And I'm not super excited right. that they're the ones that have taken this over. So I don't know what is happening where you guys <clears throat> are. I can speak for the state that I live in. Uh, which is widely controlled by a rodent. Um, <laughs> and the rodent has mandated masks are back in place, uh, which means most of our commercial establishments, game stores, grocery stores, gas stations, whatever, are also now requiring them, even if you have had the vaccine. Uh, so <laughs> last Wednesday, when I went to my in-person play, where we had previously not required uh, any sort of facial covering, because Florida doesn't care, 
uh, Florida exists in our own time bubble of reality. Uh, we still, all seven or eight of us that were in the room playing X-Wing together, all had face coverings, even though we've all had the vaccine. Um, so if we are entering back into lockdown, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I will tell you, though, you know, in Michigan, they're only recommending people wear face masks. Um, so I have been wearing mine in like the stores again. Um, not at people's houses yet, but I am wearing them in the stores. If I go into a restaurant, you know, to pick something up, I've been wearing mine. <clears throat> I don't go many places, so with where I'm at work yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, generally, you know. I haven't I haven't been inside my office since March uh, of twenty. Yeah. yeah, March of twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, let's move yeah. on to another topic tonight. Um, I think one of the things, and I don't know, do we want to do the Academy phase first? Is that what we want to hit? It's up to so you. We're at, at an hour, gentlemen, just a heads up. All right, so let's hit the Academy phase real quick. So tonight, what we wanted to talk about is a little bit different, right? What we wanted to do is have a conversation a little bit about moving from a casual to semi-experienced play, right? And I only say this because I think what's important is understanding, you know, do you want to do more than just casually play? And and, and so I'm going to give a little bit of a background, kind of what this came from. So we did a in-person um, gathering on Monday this week where we all got to play different lists. We got to play together. There's, there was no restrictions. I played this gentleman that um, had just started. He hasn't been playing for more than two months. I guarantee it. And he only plays one to two or three lists. <clears throat> and him and I were talking, and I asked him some questions. I said, well, as you're playing this, wh what, are you looking you, what are you looking for, right? As a new player, are you just here to have fun? Do you want to learn how to play all the different factions? Do you know what your play style is? Do you have any interest in learning any of that? Because I thought he'd be a great guinea pig for the show. And him and I were talking, and, and what he was telling me is that he likes the casual style, but he just wants to make sure he wins a, few, a little bit more often, right? So what we're going to talk about tonight is a little bit about moving into that experience realm where you can win one or more games, but you're probably not at the top tier, right? You know, you're not going to sit at a top cut all the time. You're not going to constantly win tournaments. Those are the people we're not, we don't, we don't usually talk about that because none of us have ever, you know, landed first place at a, at a tournament that's bigger than a local store event. So I know Charles, you have, so you will, we'll grant Charles the title for, <laughs> for what it is. Um, <clears throat> but for Matt and I, who haven't had any bloody store tournaments at all, except for one in the last year and a half, unfortunately, you know, we are at a little bit of a disadvantage, you know? Um, so I thought it would be a good uh, kind of open discussion to kind of say, Hey, these are the things I feel, or these are the things that we all feel as a group that are, you know, way you can like up your game without having to get into the super competitive side, because I think that's, that's big, right? If you want to be super competitive, there's a whole difference, but if you don't, and you just want to be able to win a few games, there's kind of different levels or phases that you can kind of be at, right? So the first thing that we think of is practice, 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 right? And, and when I was talking with this gentleman, he was explaining to me what he's been doing at home. He's like, well, I only play here a couple of times we have. And he's like, but I've been playing at home with some of my family members. Now, if I could get my family members and my bloody household to actually play games with me more often, it would be a lot more fun. He at least gets that. And what he's doing is he's saying, well, I'm only going to run this one type of list. So essentially what he did is he run Fen Fen Rao, 
<clears throat> he runs some sort of a hawk in scum. And then he ran, what did he run? Uh, two. I can't remember. What did he, what did he run now, Matt? His old M3As based on that. Yeah. Oh, it was old No, it wasn't three and three A's. Man, now I can't remember. Now I feel bad. Was it the, um, was it the TIE fighters, Chris? No, he didn't have TIE fighters. He had yeah, one hawk was... essentially, and and then he had bomb carriers of some sort. I don't know something that's two. It's all two type stuff, um, mm-hmm. that came together. Anyway, so essentially, um, what he was doing is well, he was it used to. <clears throat> he could it could have been oh Y wings. I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah, Y wings and, okay. and two Y wings. So that's what he was running. Two Y wings, a a hawk, and a fen and an old Turok. You're right. It was not Fenrir. It was old Turok because he actually missed a few triggers, and I felt bad because it's like. Old Tarak is easier to remember the triggers than, than some of these other ships are, but you know, he was so new, it was like, all right, hey, remember you can strip one of my tokens. I'm running Jedi's. You can take my focus, you know, take my focus, man. Because you don't want a four die range one shot from a Jedi into your Y Wing because you get one green dice. I get four red. <laughs> Just trust me. Anyway, so <coughs> we were talking about it, and, and he says for him, the big thing is is, is take it to be able to take that step is to be able to practice. So there's two aspects about practicing, right? One, practice the list you want to run. Pick a list, say this is what I want to run. This is what I want to do really well at. For me, it was droid swarms, right? I loved running the droid swords. There you go. That's kind of what it is. For right now, my kick is Jedi's. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's those stupid little Aether sprites. I just love those things so much. I love those. I love them. Fun. I love them. They are, they are one of my is. favorite. Sh- um, and anyway, th- those are good ships to deal with if you, if you want to learn how to play a little bit more AC without having to be super ace Kylo or super ace Anakin type thing. But essentially I've been practicing, practicing, practicing. And that's what he's been doing. This gentleman has been practicing his list over and over and over again. And I could tell you, even though he may not have remembered his old Tarak trigger all the time, he sure as hell remembered his coordinate triggers <laughs> that he had on his Hawk. And he was able to utilize those multiple times to jam me and get rid of my focuses. So even though old Turok wasn't jamming, they sure as heck were jamming. And, you know, forcing me to either get rid of a target lock or a focus. So. Very handy. So for you guys, what are your, what, what, let's, go, let's, let's go around the table and let's each just kind of say one. So Matt, what is, for you, if, when you were trying to move from saying, hey, just I'm going to casually run ships down the table and try to kill Chris... Two, I actually want to kill Chris with a strategy, not just because I rolled better dice. What was one thing for you that you enjoyed or that helped you move to that that level? Oh, good question. I'm not at that level still, so we'll see. Um, so uh, now for me, I think that uh, learning about other ships, even if I didn't fly them, uh, by watching games, like, for instance, our stream games on Thursday nights. Um, but uh, other games other than that, but to, to watch other games, to read some of the cards, to make lists of other, other things, even if I had no intention of running them, but just to, to pull up Yasby on my phone when I had five minutes sometimes and to kind of look through the different lists, to kind of read and to watch other people play and learn how they do their interactions. Um and see what those triggers might be. So, I mean, not that I'm an expert at it or anything like that, but sometimes when you look at the, across the, the table, you're like, okay, that with that means he can do this, and, and this with that means, you know, this is going to happen. So 
basically I'm going to end up with a bunch of double tapping such and such, or, you know, or this ship's going to try to get a free lock and shoot proton torpedoes at me at range three, uh, because it's an E-wing. You, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically learning interactions for me. Charles, how about you? So my biggest, I think transition came from practicing openings having a, a set like if like you said practicing your list learning other ships so you know what you're facing that sort of thing but having a set um and i'll give a for instance uh there was a period there where i flew cis for a minute uh because it what, was competitive wait, what and I, flew, was that? I, I threw i flew zam uh brewer Cret, oh, right. and general grievous <clears throat> and every game without fail I opened the exact same way. The reason being is no matter who you sit across from the table, there's always some level of intimidation game, whether they're doing it intentionally or not. And having a comfort level with your first two or three maneuvers, leaving yourself options. And what I mean by that is if you have a big base ship and you can set yourself at an angle to where, depending on how your opponent comes in, you can one turn to go away, you can one turn to go toward, you can bank in a specific direction, but leaving yourself options and just practicing those opening maneuvers where rocks can be placed, where you want your first rock placed to allow you the maximum number of maneuvers uh, available so that you are comfortable in those first couple of, of turns. The reason I'm focusing on those first couple of turns, I'll quote Mike Tyson. Uh, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Um, <laughs> everybody builds their list around some sort of trigger that they want to happen. And then they switch up their opening moves. They get an engagement they didn't like. And all of a sudden, their linchpin ship, their Fenrau, their Boba Fett, their Bosk, their Brewer Cret, their whatever gets ghosted at range three with a focus dice just go bad right so you want to be able to control your openings you want to be able to control what you're doing there so for me not even playing full rounds um a lot of times what i'll do uh with our other host john uh you'll see him out here from time to time i will get into a game with john and we will set a 15 minute timer and we will run openings and we'll discuss why we're doing what maneuver we're doing. And at that 15-minute timer, we will draw everything back, set the ships up again, and run openings. Just resetting, getting that first engagement in, finding out what shots you can take, what shots you want to avoid, where you want to be, and learning the spacing of your ships, where you can barrel roll, where you can't, where that three bank is going to take you. Because it's great to look at a table and go, oh, I might be able to get a three bank. It's even better to look at a table and go, nope, I know for a fact that I'm behind this rock and it's more than five away from the edge of the mat. So I can do a 5K here or a 4K and I know I'm not going off the edge of the mat. And when you have that confidence to know what you're doing, uh, it allows you the freedom to really pay attention to what your opponents are doing rather than trying to figure out your next step. So that, for me, that was the biggest change uh, in my gameplay is when I really started getting to the in intricacies of the first couple of engagements that most people ignore because you're not shooting. So what does it matter where I end up? 
but those are your setup phases. Those are your your opening chess moves that set up your deeper game and how everything was set up for you. Uh, mm. So that's mine. All right. Awesome. I think another option that we could kind of look at, too, is developing what you like to play. Right. And I think this 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 is I'm going to pick on Matt a little bit <clears throat> because I can. But Matt, Matt is a player that has played almost every type of style that is available to X-Wing. Matt has not found a style that Matt 100% loves, thinks it's the best thing ever, other than I think Matt likes aces. I think aces fit Matt's play style a little bit better, for the most part, when when they don't get aced off the board themselves. <laughs> um, but I think that's kind of that's where Matt goes, goes to. Now, to Matt's credit, Matt spent, I don't know, you know, a year and a half playing against me mostly, and then, you know, Charles and, and John and a few other people online, but Matt hasn't had a chance to walk into the world 100% of the time, but Matt has played every different type of style, whereas I kind of focus on swarmish type things, bulky things, things where if I make a mistake, it's not the end of the world, right? Like, oh no, one of my droids bumped. Oh, it doesn't get a calculate token. <clears throat> it can just use somebody else's, you know, kind of sounds like a cheat to me. I don't know. <laughs> somebody told me that was a cheat maneuver, but you know, I'm just, just saying is they're, they're out there. Working to its strengths. Working to its strengths. Thank you. That's the title of it. We're going to retitle this episode, working to its strengths. But I think that's one of the things is Matt has spent a lot of time practicing different types of styles of play. And uh, in in another to pick on that a little bit more, but another good example of that is Matt likes those SF ships in FO. That's one of the Matt ran those ships for so long. Love those things. Concussion missiles, shoot them out your ass, shoot them out the front. We're going to, we're going to nail you to the wall. They just don't put out enough consistent firepower to be meta capable. But Matt's found he loves running those. Those are one of the things Matt actually enjoys running. Same kind of with the V1s. Before the V1s were even popular, Matt was playing with V1s with concussion missiles. If we had only thought of the Prockets, for Christ's sake, we would have been, we would have won so many tournaments well before then. But Matt, uh, minus that would have been fun, right? I, I do love those 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 ships. Yeah. But that's Matt's done those things. So so my you know one of my, uh, the next tip I have right is play different styles, learn what fits your personality best. In my personality, I like to have the extreme complexity because it keeps my brain busy because I'm thinking of seven moves or six moves all my ships can do. So if I got eight droids, I got to think of all these different moves. How do I keep them on the board? How do I maneuver them to stop everybody? I want the complexity because it keeps my mind active. When I run three aces, I could to some extent go, all I know is I need to arc dodge you and be able to get a shot in. I don't actually even care if I got a mod. I only care about arc dodging and getting a shot. Um. And running away, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and, and so, a style play is is a little bit different. And, and you have to, but the difference is, if you make a mistake, you're screwed. What I learned is, when I make a mistake, I get pretty angry. <laughs> so I hate myself, and then I start double double focusing on every bloody mistake I made, every bloody mistake I made. And then what happens is, I screw up even more, and I start losing. And then when I start losing, then I get really angry in, in a tournament style, right? If we're just playing for fun. I sure as heck don't. And then it's like, yeah, you know what? That was a mistake. But hey, the best part is if you kill me quicker, I get to play another game. <laughs> like, that's all I care. I get to play another game. Right. So as soon as like I get to get my revenge. So I make a mistake with my Jedi. Matt wipes a Jedi off the board. First engagement. I go fudge. That's not going to work. Next thing you know, 
I go ahead and make another opportune error, get angry, and then I go, you know what? It doesn't matter because if he takes two out of these four off the board, the game's going to be over really quick or I'm going to concede and say, let's reset, like Charles was saying, you know? So, so I think that's one of the, the big things. I want to say there's a movie that has Keanu Reeves in it called The Replacements. Um, this is really off topic, so I apologize. But in the movie, <laughs> they talk about quick. they talk about quicksand. Being like the being any competitive player's biggest fear because you drop a pass or you throw the ball long or you don't hit the ball the way you want to, and that becomes your focus for the rest of the game. The next time someone throws a pass at me, am I going to drop it again? The next time that I got to roll these dice, am I going to roll all blanks? The next time, am I going to remember the trigger that I forgot that caused that ship to get blown up? Whatever the case may be, your own negative self talk gets <laughs> in the way. And because you're so focused on that, the next move, oh, crap, I forgot he was stressed and I dialed in the 4K. So instead of doing the 4K, now I do a two straight. Oh, that was stupid of me. Oh, I forgot to take this action. Oh, I completely forgot this trigger. And it's just a slowly sliding downhill slope of your own negative self-talk. Because your opponent's across the table going, wow, that sucked. Let's move on to the next move. And in yeah. your head, you're still stuck on the mistake that you made. And it drags you down. We've all, I've done it. I barrel, there was a regional tournament where I barrel rolled Fenrau into range three with a focus and watched him get ghosted in the first round of engagement at range three with a focus. And I ended up winning that match because I pulled myself back out and forced myself to focus on the Star Viper and the Kiraz that I had left on the table. But in that moment, of watching my dice come up four blanks on a range three shot with a focus, all I could think about was this match is over. Fenrau's gone. What what's the point? This match is done. This match is over. But the other thing you've got to think about too is on the other side of that table when they take when they capitalize on that mistake, steer into that skin. Let them get overconfident. Let them think, oh, I just took out the piece that you couldn't live without. And let them let them over pursue and then drop a drop a proxy mine right on their face or drop a counter net <laughs> when they're range one of the edge of the board. Okay. So there there's 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 a tip from Charles, everybody. And it's a phenomenal one, right? So um shit happens. And when <laughs> it inevitably does happen, which it will happen to everybody that plays, uh it is to continue, and I and I'm not about to say I have a easy. I, I have a hard time with this personally, but don't let it tilt you. Is what he's saying. You fight back out of it, or look at the positive of it, or try to to come back. So that is a pro tip. I'll, it, regardless of where he started with the replacements, uh, that is that is a, <laughs> a solid pro tip. Uh, it is to. Uh, even if you do lose a, a integral piece at the very beginning, don't let it don't let it stop you. Nice. Good one. Yep. And the last one that I have, and this is the title of the episode, is patience. Patience, patience, and more patience. And, and I will tell you I'm not a patient person. I am not. And you can ask Matt that. <clears throat> um, I've never thrown anything. Yeah. I've had cards thrown at me. I've never actually done that, though. But <clears throat> patience is yeah. the... I am not. <laughs> patience is the key. And learning how you can become more patient, right? And I think some of this goes into, you know, the sad part is if you want to play competitively, right, you have to spend the money to get into tournaments 
And then, you know, some people take that as a negative. Well, I just spent 15 bucks and I'm not getting anything out of this and this and that. But it's the patience. It's like, what is your ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is to start topping at tournaments, you have to have the patience to develop and learn that. If you, <coughs> your goal, excuse me, I'm sorry. If your goal is to essentially just be a little bit more than a few locals at your group, patience will help you do that. Because, and again, I, that guy, after we finished, that guy goes, okay, well, did you see anything I did that, you know, I could have done better. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know why you're asking me. Cause I've only been playing a year and a half, but yes, there is a couple of times like you four cane your Y wing versus just rotating your turret. <clears throat> you just took yourself out of, you know, shooting. And yes, you got away from your bombs. I get it. But you just took yourself out of shooting with two ships out of a four ship list where you, I still had everybody alive. And I said, that was a big mistake aspect on there. The other side of the thing though, I said where you excelled is, you had old Tarak on an angle right in front of my ship. You were able to coordinate a boost action, which allowed him to boost and focus and get a shot on another ship and get, you know, get away from the one ship I had you pinned with. Amazing, right? Because you, you bumped into that ship. Did you plan that? He said, no, I saw that later. But it was that patience of him getting, getting frustrated because he hit my ship and got blocked because that's what I do. I block people. That's like my favorite thing to do in the game. I don't actually care about winning. I only care about blocking people. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but he then was able to come back with his, um, you know, with it, whatever scum ship that was that allowed him to coordinate and jam. And he used Hondo and essentially he was able to jam the one ship I had as well as coordinate a boost. It fit. He got a linked focus action and there you go. And that didn't end the ship, but it took me to half points on that one Jedi because that Jedi didn't have a focus no more. <laughs> so, um, I think that's one of the things is, is understanding where the patience comes in. How can you have patience at it? Um, and, and I think that's the big thing is, is, is flying what you like, practicing, understanding your opponent's list, understanding where you want to be, creating more well-rounded things, and not getting tilted <laughs> on round two, or we'll say engagement two. And I won't lie, I've, I've been that person. You can ask me. I've never rage quit. But I have 100% said, all right, we're done with the match. Just reset and let's begin because there's no way I'm going to win. I don't have an interest in playing this out, even if it makes you feel good. And I'll say that to people. Yep. I don't care. Right. <clears throat> well, uh, and I did want to real quickly um, uh, jump from the chat. Psych J uh, says uh, he's lost horribly in a match to like five A-wings um, in the first match and then came back to win eight in a row to win top table in a tournament. So... Uh, it's all about, uh, and he says, it, it's good to have a short memory span, right? Uh, so some things you want to forget, like what we're talking about here, right, is, yeah, you, you want to forget that match immediately, but then what did you learn from it, right? So that's another thing. Take what you learned, bring it in, but don't let it make what you're doing completely useless. So well said, Psych, well said. Fair enough. So let's move into, um, I don't know, what phase should we do? Should we do... Let's do system malfunction. Sounds good. All right. So, Charles, tonight you're going to be doing our system malfunction. Um, so the question I have for you is how do you want to start and do you need me to bring TTT up or Yasby or what do you need me to bring up to help you with this? Um, I think I'm going to start with like what scares me on the other end of the table. Um, and this kind of 
pairs into the whole mindset of having a short-term memory. Um, so normally when I play in what I would consider to be the major premier tournaments right now, which are the Gold Squadron tournaments, right? I tend to have the stream up. Because not only am I playing, but I'm also supporting Dion. I'm supporting Marcel and the guys. They're awesome dudes. I've met most of them face-to-face -face once or twice when I lived up north. Um, so I want to support the stream. So I'll have it running muted on my Twitch app for my smart TV. And I'll, I'll often make note of what the lists are. Normally, that doesn't bite me. Normally, mm. it's not something that I worry about because... As much fun as it is to practice against medalists, when you're a 3-3 player like I am, right? I'm not the greatest player in the world. Sometimes I get lucky and I have hot streaks and I do win a, a local store tournament with a weird list or something like that. But on a premier level, I don't I don't win. I, I've, I've gone 4-2 four, four once. Um, every other one, I end up either 2-4 or 3-3, three, three, middle of the pack, and I'm okay with that. Um but there was the 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 list I talked about earlier with Amel and Holdo, and I watched that on the stream, and I lost my mind because I'd never <clears> seen anybody use that combo. I'd never seen that combo played ever. It was not something that I was familiar with or ready to fly against. Uh, and then the very next round, I drew that list that was on the stream, and immediately, immediately was already like, there's no way I can win this match. I don't know the workarounds for this. I don't know how to get done. There's no way I can win. And I fulfilled my own prophecy in that. Um, so what scares me across the other end of the table are medalists. When I run across like rando stuff that I've never seen before, I don't care because it's going to be fun. But when you sit down in front of a Nantex list or a Droid Swarm list or you know something that is the meta staple, <laughs> something that a lot of people are playing... Or the name of the person. If I'm sitting across from Ali Pocknell, if I'm sitting across from Marcel Manzano, or if I'm sitting across from somebody whose name I know from the community, just due to random name draw, it can psych me out. So for me, what scares me most about the other end of the table is the popularity of the person or the list that I'm playing against. Uh, can drive me out of my own mind state. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what scares me the most. It's never the 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 list itself, because uh, it's just plastic ships. I don't get that way. But it's just like if I were to go to, I don't know, a, a bowling tournament and see the top PGA bowler sitting at my little local tournament because he wanted to slum with the low guys and earn some side cash while he's passing through town. <laughs> um. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things where you, you can get kind of pegged out like that. Um, but that, for me personally, that's what scares me the most across the table. Other than that, one of the biggest things that I came to realize early on, I pay $15 to play X-Wing. I don't pay $15 to win X-Wing. And it took me a long time. Because I'll be honest with you, when I played 1.0, my first 12 store tournaments that I went to, I didn't win a game unless it was a buy round. But I still went to every one of them, and I still played every single round that I possibly could in them. Because you learn from doing. 
especially with X-Wing. X-Wing is, we could sit here and talk all night, but if we never set a ship to a table, whether it's virtually or realistically, we learn nothing. X-Wing is a game of doing. Just like anything else in life, you learn the most from taking those reps. So for me, I pay $15 to play X-Wing for six rounds, right? And I'm going to... Unless unless I'm playing in a, like an Irish time zone tournament or something that starts at 3 a.m., then I'm playing X-Wing to see what I can do and then give up if I don't have something that's going to make the cut because I want to go to sleep. Um, yeah. But for me, like I said, getting your mindset to what you want to achieve and setting that realistic, that, uh, oh, what do they call them? Your Realistic uh, goals. Yeah, but there's like a, a business, like buzz phrase term. Um, Benchmark, maybe? Specific, timeliness, star goals, something like that, achievable, mm-hmm. something, some buzzword that they use in American businesses that are blah. But it, setting a realistic goal, if it's your first store championship, and you're coming in because you're going to win? <clears throat> I don't I'll know. It happen. Yeah, but if it's your first store championship and your goal is to win two games mm-hmm. and you win your first two, then the rest of the game is, the rest of the day is bonus. If you lose yeah. your first two and then you win your next two, you still achieve that goal. Set realistic goals for what you want to do. You're not going to sit down at a galactic qualifier and go... Un, you're you're gonna go undefeated in your very first tournament when you've only been playing for two or three months. It's you're it's probably not gonna happen. Um, <clears throat> as far as broken combos with the new cards, we kind of went over that. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I'm I'm super excited for that illicit upgrade and to see what tomfoolery I can get involved with being able to recharge that using uh. Cutthroat or Java, and seeing where I can fit that in to make it fun. Um, callbacks from callbacks from one point Let's let's go there because I think that's going to be fun. So, stuff that was broken in one that I think two could have fun with, and maybe improve. One suffered really really hard with the fact that everything was printed on a physical card and there was no virtual mindset. Um, so if you wanted to errata something or you wanted to do something, it was very difficult to do. Um, but one of the cards that I honestly would like to see come back, uh, I'd like to see TLT come. And I can hear the groans from a thousand star systems that all cried out once. Um bees and snakes thanks guys um but i want to see tlt come back so for those who don't know tlt was a turret weapon that allowed you to roll three dice and then cancel any succeeding die roll to deal one damage so you would roll three dice if you got past it didn't matter if you rolled three hits and they blanked out. You did one damage. And then you got to do it again. So it was two shots per round. It was always a bonus attack. The maximum amount of damage that you were going to get uh, was two damage from that ship. Where it breached into brokenness was two <clears throat> things. One, three dice attacks are ridiculously powerful. At range one, 
you couldn't fire it. So it was a range two, three attack only, if memory serves. You could not fire it at range one. Uh, so you never got a dice bonus out of it. Um, and in 1.0, turret attacks were 360 degrees. There was no rotating my turret to make sure you're in arc. You just were. You were always in arc. Period. End of story. Now, ship um, upgrades like um, auto thrusters came into play because if you were out of the primary arc or beyond range two, you got a free evade. So they created a bunch of stuff to try to offset the turret <clears throat> meta that existed at that point. But I think where 2.0 allows you to have fun with that is A, make it a two dice attack instead of a three dice attack. So you got a 50-50 shot of doing one damage and your opponent has a decent capability to maybe avoid one or maybe make it three on your first shot, two on the second. Um, you know, restrict it to large base. Exactly, Psych J, restricting it to maybe a large base only. So you're not going to see a swarm because that was a big thing in, in 1.0 was uh, scum Y-wings. You could run four Y-wings with TLT on it and then you had a block that had a 360 degree arc. Um, but maybe diminishing returns, like I said. So three dice on your first attack, but then if you took the second shot, it went down to two to make it easier <clears throat> to avoid the second shot. Something like that, I think, would be, would really, um, you know what I mean, would really be something that I think could be fun. Um, something that I think could be useful in our current game state. Uh, because turrets are now a rotatable arc. So in order for me to be able to take that, I have to make sure you're going to be where I want you to be in order to shoot. Um, and see it maybe other... only being used in like, I, I kind of like agree with not the whole premise of it, but what would be neat is if it were like a two or three dice gun, that's fine. If it were only range two to three, that would be interesting. You could call it the TLT. That's fine. But I'm just saying, uh, it just as a callback, but why wouldn't maybe just try it? Because no other turret goes to range three, right? So maybe make it a two or three dice gun, but maybe only make it two or three. Would that be yep. adequate to you? Or do is it a must-do, like, auto damage kind of thing? No, it's it's not. And that's the thing, is just waxing poetic about what we could do differently to make it competitive. Because we still want it to be played. Right, We don't want it to be so overpowered that it's 10 points for a turret, but we also don't want it to be so underpowered that no one uses it because is it really worth rolling two dice for the chance of getting one damage? No. I personally, as a player, will shoot an ion cannon over my regular shot because I have one extra die to be able to try and peg that damage through. So maybe three on the first shot, two on the second. You know what I mean? A damage is a damage, but there are many ways that you could play with it. Um, another card that I would like to see and the major change that I would make to this card is that it would be only available to generic pilots. Um, that was a 1.0 staple. And by staple, I mean physically stapled uh, to other cards uh, was Veteran Instincts. Uh, for those who don't know, Veteran Instincts was an elite pilot talent that fit the talent slot that allowed you to increase the pilot skill of the person flying the ship by two. So you could take now granted again in yep. 1.0, <laughs> it went to nine, right? So we had from one to nine as far as our pilot limit. So I would say adding one 
to yeah, a generic pilot. Wrong, so you're not going to put it on Luke. You're not going to put it on Vader. They're already aced out, right? You're not going to take an ace higher, right? Well, we already that, have that's cards not true. that do that. Like, think about, think about, uh, you could change, um, Kylo Ren in the silencer to six instead of five. Right. But that's what I'm saying is if I were to make it a 2.0 card, right. I would make it generic, generic only. only. Gotcha. So you could take a one to a two, a two to a, a three, a three to a, four. a four to a five. You could take a skull squadron from a four to a five. But again, I would only give you the one point increase because we've squashed the, the range of pilots from one to six instead of one to nine. Um, and maybe yeah. limited, so yeah. one ship gets it instead of right. spamming it on everything. Because Veteran yeah, Instincts right. in, in 2.0 allowed me to take Fen Rao, who already shot at 9, and push him to 11, or get Han Solo into 10 instead of 9. So you could, and it was on everybody. Like, that was, that and PTL were stapled to, like, every ship. And they negated the need for PTL because now we have linked actions. So what you're saying is you want the force upgrade to be universal. That's what you're saying. What? There's a force upgrade that allows you to, um, to shoot at seven, at heightened, seven. Perception. heightened perception. <laughs> yeah. That's all you're saying, saying is... that. I want you to be, be able to push to seven. I'm saying that giving a gen, giving one, like make it limited to one ship, give one generic pilot a boost for three or four points to put them up. So you could run a Skull Squadron Fang at a 5 instead of a 4. Or you could run an M3A at a 3 instead of a 2. It doesn't make a huge difference in the grand scheme of things, but being able to, say, take any generic pilot that I want, like the with the generic fire sprays a 2, if I can push that to a 3, that opens up a lot more options of ships that I can pair with it at that same pilot skill. Uh, to run different different lists. Yeah, see, and I would say, this is where I would disagree and say, if it were me, I'm okay with making it limited, and that's fine. <clears throat> but what I would 100% say is that I don't care. I, I, I want it to be like the force upgrade that puts you at seven, but I don't want it to be something that anybody can take. So go back to that elite thing. So it has to be a limited pilot, and that limited pilot could then become um, a initiative seven. And I would be okay with that. Not for two or three points, but I would be oh, okay no, with that. Definitely not. Because that would that would signify again, I could take Fen Rao and instead of having to worry about a bid. So this the idea behind that, right, is to not have to worry about a bid. That that's why you it's called heightened perception. There you go. And and yep. you're using a force to deal with it. So maybe maybe it's something where you would take a stress, give your allow yourself to run at initiative seven, or maybe it's something you run at initiative seven, lose your action. I don't know, but like it would have to cost you something because heightened perception costs you a force. Period. Could you could you see it maybe being like Leia crew, where it's three charges, you have to burn all three charges to engage at a, to move and engage at a seven. But then you've got three turns where you're not able to use it. So it has yep, to be okay. something where you're able to strategically use it when you need to, but know that it's going to take a couple more rounds to build it back up to be able to use it again. You, uh, so, okay. So I, I agree. Yes, that, that that could be a positive, right? That could be one way to make it uh, a lot more fair. I think three is probably silly. I would go closer to like a gamut key at two, right? You know, it's something you could do every other turn. But at the exact same time, I would rather have something that created a negative play experience for you, right? 
to be able to use it, just like heightened <laughs> perception does. And so, sure. so how about this? Maybe there's two options on there. One, you can either spend all three charges to do it, or two charges, or whatever it is, or you could spend your one charge, and then you you can't take an action, or so, something something like that. You know, and I think even not taking an action would be silly. I don't mind that either. <clears throat> Maybe, and this is where we could get into like negative tokens, right? And this that that's what you would do is have create some way to create a negative token. And how about this? Or you can make it so it scales based on your blue maneuvers. So somebody like a Kylo who has a million bloody blue maneuvers pays more for it than somebody that. So you're going to get a stress token for using it. Hence, you can't you can't do a red maneuver and get a stress token, right? So you can't use it on a red maneuver, but you could use it on a white maneuver or you could use it on a blue maneuver, right? And you would get your stress beforehand and then they would cost more based on how much you're using it, right? You know, based on, on, on what your blue maneuvers are. So Psych J brings up a really interesting idea that I never thought. Make it a non-recurring charge like elusive. So you can burn it, but then have some sort of game effect. Like you take an action, and when you take an action, you replenish that charge. So it can still be every other round, or you don't have to get it back. So like elusive... I spend elusive to re-roll a die, and then I don't get it back till I com- I fully execute a red maneuver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now yeah. I am intentionally doing something that's going to negatively impact me to get my ability back. So maybe that something true, like yeah. that. Again, I'm not saying these things need to appear in 2.0. I'm just saying there were some cards that were a lot of fun in 1.0. Yep. But we're really overused. So again, push the limit. Running Fen Rao with the ability to boost stress barrel roll was stupid. Or focus stress target lock was stupid. No, push the limit does not need to find its way into 2.0. Linked actions is fine. I'm fine with linked actions. But there are certain things that I would like to see from 1.0 be revamped. Um, and brought it yep. to a 2.0, like maybe do a, maybe do like an upgrade pack and call it blast from the past. And it's 1.0 upgrades that have been retooled and rebuilt to be thrown into 2.0. I would buy Go that back in a to the future. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wouldn't mind seeing, I wouldn't mind seeing a, uh, if they call it blast of the past upgrade. and they don't put, uh, Alicia Silverstone on the cover of the box, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> oh. oh, see, I could do it too, Chris. Hashtag dad joke jail. There it was. Anyways, so I wouldn't mind seeing a force upgrade that allowed like a one-time Vader use thing. I think that would be an interesting, like push the limit kind of like retrograde, where like you can use like one force to do an additional action. So my thing with turn or whatever with this with the the upgrades that I'm using, um, I'm intentionally making them as generic as possible because I want every right. faction available to have them. If we make it a force point style thing, yes, I believe every faction has at least one force user. Mm-hmm. But nah, do I we really need a force upgrade that pushes that that pushes that? I don't think I we agree. do. I think we do. I, I just think it'd be neat. That's all it is. Yep. That's sure. all I'm saying. I agree with Matt on that. <laughs> actually, like I would agree with Matt on that. That it, you could have something that did the same thing that Vader does to some extent. But it doesn't recover. It's a one-time use type thing. It's a it's a seven-point upgrade that 
you use one time to kill something to essentially eradicate it. You know, that's a Vader. Yeah, but we call it Vader wannabe in. action. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Who well, wants to like be like Vader? Darth Vador, but with the O, like that stupid Lego set that I sent you guys a picture of. (laughs) All right. Um, That would also be cool. It's like Jay says, a light side uh, ability upgrade that recovers a hull or shield to reflect Ray in in episode nine. Um, All right. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe that would be, that would be something. Oh, let's, uh, let's move on. We have at least one more segment we got to cover tonight. <clears throat> and it's going to kind of lead into our Jetha Galaxies. Um, we're going to end the show on on that. And I, we're not going to spend a lot of time because all these other podcasts just cover all the medalists and things like that. But I want to cover it a little bit because it plays into Matt's What Churns My Dials. All right. So, Matt, what churns your dials tonight? Well, I I I don't know. Should I should should you should you talk about what one first or should I talk about this first? No, I think you should talk about this first. I think you should talk okay. about this and then we'll lead into the right. jet. So, <laughs> one of uh, the, So, we're going to do this race. one a little bit more open uh ended than we usually do. So, uh, what I'm talking about today, and I guess what turns my dials, and it, and it really does annoy me when I go to play a game. And like Chris t- said, I I do have a tendency to play a fair number of uh, a fair number of aces. Uh, so I have ace builds, so I often play aces. Um, but I do despise when people run away, uh, or what I like to call gun and run tactics, where you jump in, you do your points, and then you run. Especially against lists that have absolutely <laughs> no chance of catching you or if they do have a chance they have to do put themselves into like horrible situations where you can basically spend 90% of your time running and then you know just turn around and basically pop something or whatever it may happen to be it to me allows for negative play experience for those against you, because if you're if you're lined up against, like for instance, as we're going to talk about in a little bit here, uh, like a, a supernatural Kylo, for instance, or a supernatural Vader, or multiple other ships that are just have this high level, high movement ability, uh, a fire spray. Honestly, to me, can really be like a Boba Fett. Uh, where they really can just absolutely trounce you because they are pushing forward so much faster than you can than you can even possibly chase. Even if you wanted to chase them, you are just never going to be able to catch them. It is all an engagement, all on their terms, and no matter what you do, you are pretty much lost from the get-go. It doesn't matter if you're better at maneuvering your ships. doesn't matter if you uh, have better firepower. doesn't matter if you have more ships left. Yeah, the fact that, that just because they were able maybe to to, to pink in uh, half points on a ship and then run for the rest of the match, you still lose a match, regardless of if you chase them <clears> the entire time. So it's not really fortressing. Uh, I guess it would be considered portion of fortressing, but uh, it's very interesting. Believe it at that. Yeah, so it's like I wanted to have a kind of yeah, yeah. 
So I kind of wanted to have an open discussion on this one a little bit. So, uh, Chris, uh, you're just there. What do you think about the gun and run, if you will? So I could tell you it is not my play style, even with aces. <laughs> it's not my play style. That's that's I do not in any way, shape or form enjoy it. I hate it. I find it a uh, I find it rather annoying. I find it a negative play for me. It's a somewhat negative play experience. Now, I will tell you, it's not, in my opinion, as bad as exclamation point Torkel Mux, <clears throat> but I will tell you it does rank up there with negative play experiences. And I say that because Torkel Mux essentially says uh, you're going to get out maneuvered so that we can ace you off the board. Period. So it doesn't matter. So like you could take a supernatural Kylo and if you catch him just right and you Torkel Mux him, he's down. He's down and out and even if you can ace his ass off the board, you're done. it's done and over with. I hate Torkel Mux so much. So much. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I, in my world, though, I think it's a different style of play, which I encourage. Right? I I actually enjoy um the variety of styles of play, and, and as most of you know uh, who are listening to this, I came from playing Star Wars Destiny. There is a play style called mill. People hate that in a card game world. If you can mill the other player's deck, and then if the game rules state that. The player has no cards left. You win. That's an enjoyable experience for me. Everybody hates playing against it, though. It is a huge negative play experience, especially if your mill deck has the ability to avoid damage as well as get rid of cards, right? So it's, it is it is huge, but I enjoy the side of let's have different play styles. The problem is I don't feel in this style there's a lot of downside. And, and and in my world, what I look at is how many lists does this affect, whether it's meta or non-meta. So if I have, let's say, 700 list combinations and my aces can out-ace 90% of those, that's a big problem for me. It's not a different style of play. It is a negative play experience at that time. If that, on the opposite side, though, right, on the opposite side, if those aces only affect... 30 or 40 percent of the uh, of the lists that can be created then at that point it no longer becomes a negative play style and i can accept it as an alternative play style is it my personal one weirdly enough i love mill decks in um star wars destiny and x-wing i have no interest in running from my opponents for turns and and that's what we'll talk about in a few minutes with the jets the galaxies this is the when we talk about what turns my dials, I'm actually in agreement with Matt almost 100% on this because to me, the whole point of X-Wing is we have to engage and attack each other in some way, shape, or form. And in that, and to answer your question, Psych-J, no, it's not as bad as Mobile Fortressing, which, so there you go. We, if you watch the final, here, I'm just going to release it. If you watch the damn final table today, you saw two things. You saw somewhat of a mobile fortress, as you call it, with the HMP ships where they literally just went in circles to tell until Kylo decided it was going to come get them. And you saw Kylo and Von Reg come in, shoot, and run away. The final game was 48 to 0. 48 to 0. 75 effing minutes of 48 to 0. I have almost never in my life played a game where I've been scored where the score is less than 100 period never yeah. that's crazy to me yeah just saying oh so on the really i'm 
do you care if I weigh in for just a second? Yeah, of course. But I did want to make one go ahead, variation. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just and, and I don't want you guys to think that I'm trying to say this is illegal in any way, shape, or form. I am not saying that. Just I, it is a viable play style. It's just not ours. I obviously and it's something that upsets me. Definitely viable. Definitely legal. Go ahead, Charles. Sorry. No, no worries. Um. So, I'm I'm a sports person. Right. I, I enjoy high energy sports. I'm not a big soccer fan. Uh, nothing against the sport at all, but it tends to be a little slower paced than, say, hockey. There goes all the Europeans, Charles. Thanks. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm bringing in, I'm bringing in the Canadians, so it's okay. Um, he just lost seven stubs. What is your problem? Oh, worse. Um, right. So. Hockey is also a very low-scoring game, but very intense and very high impact. If the score winds up 48-0, to zero, and it's a matter of 150 red dice are rolled and 150 green dice are rolled, and they balanced out, everybody was using their tokens, and it's a slugfest, and that's what you wind out with, Right, I'm okay with that. No I'm okay with 48-0. to zero. 100% okay with it. I'm not okay with 48 to zero when you tiptoe around the outside of the mat, you do everything you can to not engage and you throw range three pot shots and just hope that eventually the dice variance that will bring you enough luck to push damage through. Now on the flip side of this, one of a, a, a skill that I've had to learn is when to disengage. So, like, go in for the slugfest, get the points that you need, and then peace out. I'm not a fan of it. I'm an aggressive play style. I like to get in. I play X-Wing because I want to roll dice. I play X-Wing. If, if there was money on the line, if I paid $15 to get in and I'm going to win $1,000, then yeah. I'm I'm not rolling dice. I'm doing everything I can to stay up on points until there's three minutes left and then getting half and staying away. And it's a terrible strategy, but I want the money. I play X-Wing for fun. And the fun in X-Wing for me is trying to roll dice and, and utilize my list for why I built it. I am not a fan of running. I'm not a fan of anything like that. So for me, it's... I don't, I don't like the runaway strategy. I don't like the keep your distance strategy. I'll be honest. I've played against Chris with fire sprays that have stealth device on them. And Chris kind of employs the, the stay away until the stealth device is done. Once he has lost stealth device, Chris's play style with those ships changes dramatically and he becomes very aggressive because now he doesn't have to keep his distance. But as long as that stealth device mm. is up, he mm. keeps that distance and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating for, and that's the intent of it. I don't fault him in any way, shape or form. It's an amazing list. He flies it extremely well. But I am I am not a fan of uh, not a fan of that personally. Yeah, and I think people are sleeping on stealth device on fire sprays. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I have not obviously stealth topped the tournament awesome. to the point where um, I've uh, Catherine, you got better farther than I did. So I had been top thirty two, and that's about it. But sure. it goes back to you know what turns Matt Styles. It, it, it's the runaway. It's the non engagement, and and I think the. The, the issue goes into the same as Fortressy. I don't think the world is falling. So let, let's 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 highlight right. this. I don't think the world is falling. No, no. Most people are not going to have any interest in running a Kylo Von Reg 
um, runaway list. No, nobody is. Right. Um, that's just not a thing. Right. And and let's go. Let's switch gears a little bit. And let's. I, I'm going to bring up. And this is this is where. Okay, come on, come on, computer, come on, computer. And also, I did want to to also say too, where where uh, taking a disengagement turn or two to re to reset yourself is not, in my opinion, running. With aces, you should be disengaging occasionally and resetting yourself. That is just yes. standard, and yep. how it should be played. That is, and there, there okay, are distinctions. I think that's okay strategy, man. Like that's logical. Now, <clears throat> this player essentially what he did. So here is his score list. His first round was one hundred and six to zero. That's acceptable. Two hundred to zero. Hundred percent acceptable. 97 to 67, that's pretty acceptable. That's that's definitely engagement. 71 to 67, engagement. 200 to 25, obviously there's engagement there. 101 to 34, engagement. 134 to 67, 100 to 67. Then all of a sudden you get into top 8, 4, and 2. And here's where you see the difference. His top 8 game is 31 to 0. His top 4 game is 101 to 34. And his top two game, basically his final cut is 48 to zero. So he waited in fairness. He waited to employ that strategy. So he didn't use that strategy in any game until he got closer to the end. And then he started utilizing it when he needed to. So again, the last per player, the last team he played was four HMPs. Okay. I get why you have to play KG because HMPs can shoot 180 degrees, you know, even in, in a slip. And they have a side slip. They can walk around you to some extent. <clears throat> well, and it seems like this player also did more engaging as opposed to running. Uh, he really did. I'm wondering if maybe this was his winning strategy against a list like that. Yes, it is. Maybe yep. that was. You know, and I was just going to say, I can't say that he ran away because I watched two games of his and I can't say he always ran away. But for me. I, I've discussed this on the stream. HMPs are the bane of my existence. <laughs> I don't under... My brain does not process how they move. My brain does not process that side slip with the 180 degree arc. It just... It doesn't work. Like, I can know where they're going to go and still fly right into their arc, even though I know what's going to happen and where they're going to be. It just doesn't yeah. work. So for me, staying at range three and taking pot shots at low agility ships and just praying that I plink one damage through a round, it's it's a strategy that I would employ. If I sat down across HMPs, I'm not above it. I, I'm not saying that I want to run because my gut reaction is get in, throw as many red dice as I possibly can and get back out before I take damage. But as Chris, you can attest, when you flew against my ADA list, I tried to get in, get dice thrown, and get back out. And those are paper airplanes. They went poof. There was nothing yeah. left. Um, so it's one of those situations where <laughs> I, I'm still not a fan of running. I'm not a fan of fortressing. I lived through the 1.0 fortress meta. I, you will never get positive statements out of out of me when it comes to fortressing at all. I think it's dumb. I think it's stupid. If you play this game because you want to sit in a corner and do absolutely nothing for the first 45 minutes of a 115 minute tournament or 115 minute tournament game. Just let me know that's what you're going to do in the beginning. I'll scoop, save myself and go get something to eat because right. there's no reason for me to spend 45 <laughs> minutes trying to figure out how to get past you 
and then have you open up and destroy everything. And I've just wasted an hour of my day. Nah, yeah. I'll pass. Thanks. Well, and I think, like I say, I think the strategy was only used when he needed to. So again, and again, there's nothing wrong with this. Your strategy. I, I'm, I will say that, and again, obviously, I'm not an influencer. I'm just giving my opinion as somebody that that has dealt with negative play experiences before. That when you spend 90% of your time running, it is a negative play experience. Now, and Charles will test this too. When we played each other, he did try to run with his Anakin for a little while to some extent to get out of my arcs. But then he turned around and came back and attacked me. Then it was, nope, I'm going to try to screw you over. I just need to outmaneuver you because like, I need to crit bot you <laughs> and auto blaster your ass. Like, there's a difference, right? Charles's strategy, I left Anakin alive on purpose because Anakin's worth the most points and either it's going to give me a 50-50 game. Either I'm going to hit Anakin and I'm going to get half points and win or I'm not and I know that Charles played a better game than me. That's just it. It's just simple. Now, <clears throat> to address the HMPs that circle the board, again, if you're going to play somebody that does nothing but run, fine, go ahead, right? Am I going to have I ever used my HMPs to do that? Absolutely not. I usually use my HMPs to move towards the center, move my HMPs around and circle around you so you have to pick who you're going to attack. That's what, how I play them. Are, did you all sleep on HMPs? Yes. Who owns four of them and is buying a fifth one at some point? This guy. Love those ships. I know you hate those ships, but like tomorrow at our local, I'm probably running HMPs just as an FYI. And by the way, we saw HMPs in the Jetta that did Discord missiles, which I never really thought would be a viable thing. But that is Discord missiles on HMPs are <clears throat> awesome. Guess what else we saw? Guess what else we saw? This is the this is the most exciting. Th I think this is the most exciting thing about this tournament. No, nobody has any guesses. I, I'm gonna guess droids. Uh, so I'm gonna no, guess. no, it's not droids. No, no, no. no. Droids. Stop telling everybody droids are top meta. They haven't made cut in forever. Charles, ever? How many? How many? Uh, how many? At least, at least six, were seven months. There, uh, I don't know. To be honest with you, I'd no, have I to mean, look it up. Swarms. I'm just saying. <clears throat> swarms are different. Charles, Yo. what? What? Can you guess what excited me? Bombs. All right, so I'm just going to nope. give it away because neither one again. Vader defender, Vader, defender. Vader defender made top cut. Vader defender. Vader defender. Freaking made top cut. Vader defender. Defender win one of the no. matches earlier on? No. I thought he no, had. No. No. Okay. No, it didn't. Resistance, the resistance transports. transports. Yes, like Jay, we're all, we're all overwhelmed and excited yes. about resistance transports. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not. Yeah, I, I actually thought about it when he's like, "What? Nobody's going to guess." Is like, Chris, a lot of things excite you about this game, so I have. No. It's it's kind of hard. Vader Defender, they ran Vader Defender, and he made he made top cut, and he got yeah. so far. You know, he was to go with him, but and Death Rain had electron proton bombs. Yeah. Elect <laughs> he had yeah. electron bombs. He had Vader Defender in the list. I I need, I need to go back and watch this because I've never seen anybody that use the electro proton bombs, and I want to see that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. So, I'm about I'm about to say this though. I I will say that this is what turns my dials turned into a what turns our dials apparently. So I I, I am very <laughs> proud of that. Um, I also did want to uh, to clarify too, like 
when we're talking about this, I'm oftentimes, and I mean, it's different when you're talking on stream, like this kind of stuff, but I'm talking about when you're playing a game at your local game store, when you're doing that, when you're playing a tournament and there is, you know, prizes on the line and, you know, fame and fortune and fabulous wealth, obviously that all the, all the tournaments provide, I, you, you got to play what you got to play. But, uh, when you're playing in person, one another, like definitely no consequence games, really think about it, turn into engage. Yes. If you run with your aces and they have, I don't know, some sort of slow brick, you you know that you're going to win if you hit and run. So just think about that when you're putting it on the board and do try to engage to try to increase the game because that's what you came for is to play the game. All right. Well, now that we've seen Vader Defender get in the top eight, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm sorry. I am very excited by that. And it has given me new inspiration. I don't know if I'd run a run death. I don't know. I like death rain too. All right, fine. I like both of those ships, but death rain is so many bloody triggers. I, 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 I don't know. Electron proton bombs and electro protons huh? and, and Vader defender and top cut. Just like I literally, when I was watching today, I was like, I didn't even know this list exists. You gotta be effing kidding me. Cause I didn't get to play because I had a family emergency yesterday. And then, um, I I was so busy. By the time I got home, it was like six o'clock, and the kids are like, "We gotta have dinner," and it's like they had to make dinner for everybody because not you know like somebody's got to do that. And you know, at that point, my daughter's like, "You want to play a board game? You can either watch your stupid stream or you can play a board game." And I was like, "All right, fine. I'm gonna play board games with my daughters because that was fun. <laughs> that was a highlight of my week." We didn't get to play when she puts it up like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. So, but I'm very excited for if you did not do that or see that. Go over to the GSP Twitch. You can see in that top eight, you can see uh, a guy named Crispy play Darth Vader and and Death Rain. And, and I'm sorry, like I'm just I'm very ecstatic about that list, and I cannot wait to actually put that list on the table. Only because I love Defenders and I love Vader, and I I've wanted to see this. Like I want to see I want to see him win a GSP. Like so now the question is, is with everything coming out, is there a way we can get him to win the Galactic Championship? That's the goal. There's the challenge for everybody. Somebody help me build a list that I can get me to win that damn thing with Vader Defender. Or at least top. Vader Echo, maybe. Vader Echo. No, I don't think that's strong enough. Anyway. I don't know. With that being said, thank you all for joining us tonight. We will be back next week. I don't know the date, so I don't care. Back next week, Sunday, live, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 100 UTC Time. And um, we'll have another amazing episode for episode 14. Episode 14. Man, I can't believe we're on 14 already, but we are. With that being said, thank you all. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week. Have a good night, everyone.